Eternal Dirtles is sponsored by Patreons like yourself. You can join us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Thanks. Took the two plus as it hit the board through token it was there to become a three-three. All the flip drivers and the hidden mandrels are right on the corner, they're attacking you see. I started thinking, how much were they drinking? When played a sign said we approved this for play. Something struck me rude when he plus two for food. But what can you do in Grizzle Brands at 3-3? It's a Merit Lake Solution and a rug institution. And 3 threes and a thieves. And then it goes. Give them the food. The Elks, the Antelopes. Give them the food. You know I'm an antelope. Give them the Elks, the food. The 3 threes are my battlefield. Oka was playing and Tom Agos was singing on the six plus as we delved up the yard. Nothing ain't coming in the three threes are bumming and they all come from some food tokens. I said, why even bother as I pick up the walker, Mr. FIFA Crowns, please with these three threes on. Who dude, Oko is a metagame pearl and play design said nothing wrong. It's a Maryland solution, now a rug institution, and three threes and a thieves. And then it goes, give them the food, the yolks, the antelopes, give them the food, you know I'm an antelope, give them the food, the yolks, the three threes on my battlefield, on my battlefield, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah! Took the two plus as it hit the board food token. It was there to become a 3-3. All the flip drivers and the hula mandrels are out on the corners. They're attacking, you see. Oka was playing. Tom O'Gross was singing on the six plus as we doubled the yard. Rude dude, I is a metagame pearl And play design, saw nothing wrong The food, the yucks, the antelopes Give them the food, you know I'm an antelope Give them the food, the yucks, the three threes are my battlefield Give them the food, the yucks, the antelopes Give them the food, you know I'm an antelope Give them the food, the yucks, the three threes are my battlefield Hey everyone, welcome to Eternal Dirtles. It's Nate Golia. Zach Clark is off this week, but Phil and I are here. Phil, how's it going? Oh man, it's it's so good. I'm ready to talk about the last Legacy GP ever. The last Legacy GP ever. Oop, I just had a phone thing happen. <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. Well, we don't know about that, but it was a really nice event. There were 1,600 players, almost. Which was, was it? It was a big event. That's one of the most... One of the most well-attended Grand Prix of the... Of the year, period, let alone Legacy, right? Yeah, uh, that's what it looks like. Um, That's the good stuff. So, let me just call up the uh, top eight here. Yeah, dude, share that screen. GP Oko, let's go. GP Oko. Is that how we'll remember this one, you think? Oh, for sure, Was there a GP Red and Six? Was this last... Was Atlanta GP Red and Six? I mean, you could argue that this really was just GP Vale of Summer, but I think, you know, Oko being the mythic and, you know, seven cro- copies in the finals. 
Seven copies in the finals. Yeah, how many Veils of Summer in the, in the finals? One. Well, there were two Veils of Summer three. main in the Miracles list. Uh, four, five, six. Yep, Oko squeezed it out, so to speak. <laughs> Oko squeezed it out. Oko squeezed it out. That's, that's you know, we're going to say about him. Okay, so we have in eighth place, Matt Brown on Show and Tell with... with Fairly straightforward list here. It looks like Arcane Artisan. Is no, a dude. This 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 deck is is super unique. In that four days. Uh, I mean, yeah. This is just the the show and tell days list. I got nothing. I was gonna I was gonna try and talk big game on the submerge in the sideboard, but oh, I've got a submerge story. We'll get to that later. Uh, yeah. Uh, four days instead of four spell pierces usually in that slot, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's just more conducive to somebody who's looking to jam. Yep. Uh, this is, we're just going up, uh, seventh place was Eldrazi. This has three once upon a time, um, but no way to cast it. Just double checking here. This no, he has a Savannah. One Savannah, two Windswept Teeth. Okay. Well, there you go. I wonder what the testing process looks like, where... <laughs> You are like, you know what card needs to get cut here? The once upon a time. The fourth once upon a time. Yeah, I, like, I, like, there has to be some logic behind it, right? Because like, the value of it is when you put it into your opener. And I get that like three is like the, the number that one plays when they're looking to only draw one over the course of a game. But once upon a time specifically wants to be leveraged by seeing it in your opening hand. So... There's got to be a, 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 a rationale behind cutting the fourth, and I, I have not come to terms with what that could be. Um, well, I guess I missed the four mocks dive as I just totally glossed over that and read it as some other mocks, I guess. So there's nah, dude. 25 lands, four mocks diamonds, one Savannah, two Winsaw Teeth, uh, six Thalias, two Palace Jailers. So this is a white Eldrazi deck. It's, it's a cool deck. I like I mean, it. I like 30, it. 32 mana sources? That's not that unusual. That's the ones that play like uh, Simeon Spirit Guide and stuff. Like that's what they've got. Yeah. No. Thirty-two mana sources. I mean, probably. But once upon a time isn't always a mana source. It also is when you've drawn your, you know, seventeenth land. You get to dig five more. For your. Oh, I mean that's that's why like, I, I I get you need to have your land density high enough to support four Mox Diamond. But I'm also wondering what's the world where you get the fourth once upon a. I mean, the thing is, is there's no way. <laughs> That there's no way that Yannick hasn't had literally only that discussion about this deck list, right? Nobody, nobody else is talking about anything else going on in his deck list. Nobody's talking about the six Thalias that he's got. Everybody's just like, dude, fourth once upon a time. What's up? One city of traders, four Mox Diamond. I guess that's, that makes sense. He's trying to cast Palace Jailer. I think Palace Jailer is really cool. I mean, this deck's going to start drawing more Reality Smashers. That sucks. Yeah, this deck being labeled as Eldrazi Aggro is really a misprint. This is Eldrazi Taxes, but that's fine. That's cool. Uh, Dredge by Andreas Gans with, here it is, three Fiery Islet. So I played against this deck today in the league twice in a row, and I thought I was being pranked somehow. Not like, not like I'm on hidden camera, but I'm like, is there some sort of weird um, like thing that I don't understand where they're cheating? where they're playing, like, this weird dredge deck that has Fiery Islet, and now I see it is just in this deck. Dude, it's just uh, worse Cephalid Colosseums 5 through 7, 
And I think what's awesome about this, li- like what's so innovative about this list, and I'm really happy that it made the top eight so we are, you know, charged to discuss, to discuss it, is he did two really clever things. One, he was like, ah, get past all of this GAC nonsense and dredge. You guys are playing the wrong card from Modern Horizons. So that in itself is already fun. And him recognizing that Cephalod Coliseum is the best card in the deck. Yes. But the, I definitely but the, got destroyed by the Cephalon Coliseum. And this... The, go ahead. This is, this is just a dual land that... I mean, they, don't, they don't really cast anything that's not blue or red. You know, they have careful study and faithless looting and breakthrough, right? Insolent Neonate in this deck? Insolent Neonate instead of Putrid Imp, right? So that's... Dude, dude Insolent Neonate... This, he, he used... Gans is just going, I want the most consistently powerful thing possible... And so he's like, you know what's better than four Faithless Looting? Eight uh, Faithless Looting. Let me play Careful Study. You know what's better than eight Faithless Looting? Ten Faithless Looting. Let me get Insolent Neonate in there. Well, Insolent Neonate is is filling the the sort of putrid imp I need to discard role, but you only need to discard once, especially if you have the draw attached to it. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. But, like, the, the fact that it is the discard so you can get the dredge and it plays alongside, you know, if you're switching over to Fiery Islet, yeah. Um, I wonder if... No, I get because... I guess Faithless Looting pushes you into wanting blue-red anyway, so Fiery Islet is actually the land you'd want. Right, exactly. That was that was why it was so interesting. I didn't realize it until I just... I literally did not realize it until it's in the deck just now. Because I, I played against it twice in a row. Like, I started a league today, and my opponent, like, played a Fiery Islet into a breakthrough or something. And I just, like... I naturally drew a scavenging ooze, and then the, in game two, I like naturally do a, drew a Bojukabog, right? So yeah. I just two owed him, and then in this, the second round, the same thing happened, and I was sort of like, "Is, is this a is this a prank? Like, is this some sort of like they figured out like how to break the ticket system on MTGO if you just play like this weird combination of cards?" Because they kept dredging into nothing, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. But no, this deck is fine. I did I didn't realize until now that it was like the GP deck. Well, there's also one... There's the other very clever thing about this dredge list in particular is... Uh, do you notice anything particular about the main board? Um, that it's a four gemstone mine with the two pain lands? No, that there's no dread return in the oh, main. Oh, no dread return. They don't play dread return in the main very much anymore, though. I mean, I just think that, like, p- pushing really hard onto the... Like, I'm just going to nut draw you on turn one with one of these, like, fast like these faster starts rather than the Dread Return plan, which is way more fragile. Just be like, all right, I'm just going to be a deck that goes wide and bridge from below you as my kill con is more interesting to me in that it's going to be more consistent, albeit like more narrow in terms of the way it wins, but it's going to do that more narrow way way more effectively than otherwise because this deck is so dense with um, redundancy. Yeah. Uh, I think the Dread Return started getting cut around the time Death Ray Shaman, or maybe even Scavenging Ooze, was printed. And um, there was just too much pinpoint stuff to that, that really cleaned it out. And now, like yeah. you said, it's just a matter of jamming into the... and just hoping your bridges live long enough. Um, the the Chain of Vapor, Two Lotus Petal <laughs> side is also fun in your now multiple blue... like mono blue source dot deck. Well, here's an interesting thing. I played against a lot of dredge recently online. I also played against a dredge deck that had four, or must have had four, I'm assuming, Leyline of Sanctity main. 
uh, or not main, uh, side, because uh, they lay line of sanctity to me, and that turned off my Tormod's crypt, and that was the end of that for me. Um, I don't see that here, the, so that must have been some other build. No, Gonza's list is so much better set up to deal with rebuilding from a Tormod's crypt. Yeah, or, or I guess maybe they're even not thinking about that as much as uh, Bungie Kabok these days. All right, Andre, yeah. Andrea Mangucci uh, in fifth place with, this is a Bug Delver deck. Um, and this deck has 20 lands, two Okos, 28 instants and sorceries, and 10, 10 creatures. Um, this is, I guess, a deck that you can play. Like, it's good. Abrupt Decay yeah, is you, good. Your, your, uh, your take right there on that is the exact same thing as my take. I'm just like, <laughs> This yeah, is a deck I mean, you can play. Two Force of Negation? That's interesting. Is Let's it? count them. Let's count the blue cards. Four Delver, so four, eight, ten. Four, eight, twelve. Fourteen, eighteen. Uh, Twenty-two, twenty-four blue cards with six pitch spells. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fine. For, force of Negation in, in your 20 land deck is also just going to be more castable. Yeah. Interesting, they didn't go for, he didn't go for the Hymnotorok. I probably just... Is not doesn't want to deal with Veil of Summer. Force of Negation deals with Veil of Summer too. If you need to, ironically, if you need to push through your abrupt decay, <laughs> um, because I think and yeah, it is I mean, it is interesting. The abrupt decay versus okay, we're going to talk about this a ton. I'm probably going to talk about it for like 45 minutes. But uh, but yeah, I um, that's that's the that's the fight right now, right? Um, what abrupt decay versus what Veil of Summer on Oko, right? Like because oh, that's yeah, that's sure. where a lot of people are fighting. So, yeah, it's kind of. Odd to see that this deck only he only is playing one veil in the seventy five, but it's not a it's not a great card in this deck. Maybe like two tropical islands, one bayou. It's not a ton of green sources. You want to hold up veil of summer, or do you want to jam your oko? I don't know. Yeah, I, I I guess being in a deck where you're you're just going to be exposed to wasteland one hundred percent of the time that. You're not always going to have a solid green source. I guess that's fair. I mean, I, I was even surprised that the rug decks before the banning weren't playing more veils, uh, just because I found it to be such a good card um, in in certain matchups, like a storm or reanimator. But um, yeah, not not yeah. happening here. Uh, I mean, you're very right that, that that list is a it's a blue black splash green list as opposed to an actual bug list. I don't know. It's got four tarmogoyfs. Uh yeah, I guess yeah. so. Um, Blue Red Delver, uh, this is 28 instants and sorceries again, 18 lands, 14 creatures, so 28 is it's an okay number. It's better than the 26 that you used to see in some of these Delver decks. Um, I, I, one, one thing to note about uh, the Delver decks at this tournament, when they gave the metagame breakdown about this, they split all of the Delver decks into their respective like color combos, and so they gave the percentages for Blue Red Delver, Bug Delver, Grixis Delver, and Rug Delver, and classified them as different decks. And I get that they have different payoffs at the end, but at the end of the day, it's similar to, like, you can categorize all the Chalice decks as Chalice decks. I feel like you should be categorizing all of the four Wasteland, four Days, four Delver decks as Delver decks. And if you do that, <laughs> the, actual, the actual percentage of, like, Waste Delver Days decks that were played was 20% of the field. And that's misleading when they are like, yeah, this Delver variant is 4%. This Delver variant is 5%. 
And you're like, oh, but I'm actually going to be playing against Delver Day's Wasteland 20% of the time. I wonder, I don't know if I should revisit, we should revisit that point or talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. Because what is the diff? I agree with you, by the way. I think that there's a lot of like, well, every Delver deck's different. And it's like, well, no, because like most of the time, what are you breaking it down to? Well, I don't want to play in a daze, you know? Uh, and they're going to play some sort of, you know, they're going to hit me a bunch of times with the Delver. I got I to gotta figure out how many times I can take a Delver hit, right? If you're playing against yeah, the mean, card by you in the Delver deck, you don't have to worry about Lightning Bolt. But if you're playing against yeah, the I card mean, Volcanic Island, you don't have to worry about, I guess, Abrupt Decay? The, the difference here is, like, the four-color versions fell off the map when, when Ren got banned, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only difference is that really you have to consider are, okay, if you're Bug, then you're a little bit more board controlling between Oko, Abrupt Decay, and, like, green cards. And then if you're not that, then you're probably on Stifle, so you're more mana denial-centric. But all of them are, are functionally trying to play the same early game, which is play a Delver and never let you cast a spell. I, I, I agree I, with you. And it, it's interesting. Like, I mean, the question is, like, for what deck does the fact that it doesn't have Lightning Bolt make a huge difference? You know, that's, that's, I think that's, the, that, that's always the question, you know? I, th- I, I think that the, the one distinct difference is... Um, I mean, it's it's sort of the same if in the regards to Oko being able to make three threes. But like, if I'm playing a Jace deck, and I know that you're not playing Bolt, then I don't have to think about upticking versus brainstorming. I'm always brainstorming. Yeah, like that's that's one. But you're, you're getting you're you're, mind, you're, but you're you're you've you've now resolved the Jace against this you, de- yeah, against if, one of those decks too, right? If if I've gotten to that point, I'm not thinking. Oh, like obviously I'm playing a Jace deck, so like. That lightning bolt that is just sitting in your hand, I have to uptick. Otherwise, I'm just going to trade my Jace. Whereas if you're playing Bug, I know I can. My Jace is going to get around abrupt decay. So you know. No, I, I agree with you, but it's it's also like if the if you're at the point in the game where you're, you're there's a Jace where Jace is happening, right? Either the opponent, if they're holding a lightning bolt, like they probably you're probably close to dead anyway, so they might just bolt your face, you know. So you got to think about minus two or minus one on their threat if you can even do it, you know. You know what I'm saying? So it's even then, it's like it's like a very it's a corner case. I mean, maybe like you know, in Storm, if you're like thinking about ad nauseum, uh, you don't you know, you, you, there's light like lightning bolts more of a consideration. I think that Dreadhorde Arcanist with lightning bolt is a big time consideration too, which this deck has four of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there, there's. So moving on from the the idea of like all the Delver variants should have been put together and. Like, if, if they just had, had said, like, Delver, 20% of the field, like, there would be a bunch of red flags. Like, everybody would be discussing, like, wait a minute, how can a fifth of the field be this one deck? Is that an issue? Um, so it, it gets to fly under the radar because of that. But one thing to notice about all of these lists with the way that all of the uh, 2019 uh, power creep has influenced the format mm-hmm. is two drops, and specifically non-blue two drops, are exceptionally positioned right now. Because all the decks that are trying to play Okos and, like, the other three-mana Insane Walkers, um, it pushes people away from Spell Snare, which makes all of the two-drops way more effective because then those two-drops, if they can pressure those really impactful three-drops, means that you're going to be in great position. So, like, Tarmogoyf looks a lot better. Dreadheart Arcanist looks a lot better. Any non-blue two-drop 
is going to be better. Young Pyramids uh, because has made a nice comeback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, if you're not those things, like, yes, you can still, like, get Oko plus, but then you have a 3-3 on the table that they're going to have to, uh, you know, engage with. Um, I mean, when we get there, uh, the, the big thing that I'm, I've learned from seeing all these stats uh, from this GP after the ban is being a non-blue, non-creature or artifact uh, card is just so positioned uh, well to, like, just be a scapula right now in this formula, format. This, this deck is going to really throw your all over decks to the same. This deck, this, this third-place deck which is also labeled Bug Threshold or Bug Delver, has nine creatures, four Delver Secrets, four Tarmogoyf, and one Plague Engineer. It has 26, yeah. it's 20 lands, 26 instants and sorceries, five other spells, three Okos, two Bitter Blossoms. A Bitter Blossom with Oko. Bitter Blossom and Oko, but also Bitter Blossom. I, I, like, I would love to hear um, with Tassone, Tassone, is that how is his name pronounced? Here? Lorenzo Tassone. Lorenzo Tassone. Yeah, that's how I would, I would say. love to know if like how good Bitter Blossom was for him throughout the whole tournament. Because if looking at the top decks here, what okay, the first place deck had three Okos, the second place deck had all four Okos. This guy in third place is playing three Okos. Uh, Blue Red Delver didn't have any, but then Bug Threshold had X Okos. Uh, like this was a very Oko centric top eight. And if the top tables were surrounded by Oko. Bitter Blossom is really good at just like knifing those kinds of decks. Well, look at you. Look at your point. Non-blue, non-artifact, non-creature, permanent. Yeah, it's the perfect. Yeah. It's the perfect one. It, it's something I have to think a little bit more of about, which I never thought I would think again once Plague Engineer was printed. Um, but uh, it, it's it's certainly well positioned, and uh, this you know he got third place. It's it's definitely something worth considering at this point as a card in, in almost any deck. Um, when we talk about this finals too, it's interesting they didn't make it to the finals, considering uh, what was in the finals. So, the second place deck, I love this deck. As you could probably imagine. <laughs> yeah, dude this this is this is you got your name written all over it. You, you designed this thing. This definitely looks like a deck I would play. Uh, no ponder. How do you like that? <laughs> no ponder, dude. <laughs> Dude, how, how, how do you like the uh, Noble Hierarch Gilded Goose split? Well, to be fair, it is a consideration that I've had recently. Like, Noble Hierarch always makes mana, but making a food is insane. Um, well, making a food in your four Oko deck. Well, yeah, because as long as you just get an Oko out, you're never, the, the goose is always fed. you got 21 lands. The Gilded Goose, you don't need, you know, you don't need your, your mana dork. You just turn it into a elk eventually. No, I, I I like this I like this deck. Four Green Sun Zenith, one Questing Beast, two Leovold, two Corsair Crufix, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, Corsair Crufix. I was I was actually trying to think like why Corsair, uh, and the the things that I came to was if you're a deck that's looking to grind, uh, it just having drawing you virtual action by constantly clearing chafe off the top of your deck is really important. Uh, but also, it works really well with Sylvan Library to dig you further in your Sylvan Libraries. But the other thing that it does is, once again, we're seeing Oko's influence. A 2-4 is really good at blocking 3-3s. Three yeah, right. It, that's what I was going to say. It blocks a 3-3. Three three. Um, I hate that Questing Beast is in a top list, though. Why? Oh, because it's like... Because that like, card is the worst goddamn design that's ever happened. It, it says a it's lot, like, and nothing, nothing it says matters. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like... it's boring and there's no interesting play to it and the design is just clunky and undeveloped and 
just like uh, the card is just so inelegant that it's. Uh. <laughs> I, the only thing I, I would say about it is after playing with it a little bit, because I, I I don't like this. Like we gotta solve a bunch of problems. The the funny thing about Questing Beast is that its interaction with Oko is so bad, because it, it, all the elks can block it, right? And it, even if it gets through, it doesn't get close to killing Oko. You know? Yeah, it'll it, it'll it'll trade with every one of the three threes because it has Death Touch. But like, just the, the like. I get, well, okay, it's, it's, a three three it's a four-four. <laughs> it's a three-headed creature, and each creature gets to have a, uh, 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 an evergreen keyword and then its own ability. So it has three abilities plus three keywords that are all just ham-fisted and have no interaction together. And then it's like, okay, well, if it's a three-headed thing, why is it a four-mana spell rounded out at a four-four? Yeah, it should be a six-six for four. It, it's like either make it a a six-six and have it be in a thing of three or make it a three three for three and hold on a second hold on ability. hold on i'm just looking at the sideboard two carpet of flowers one fairy macabre one caracas no there's <laughs> there's no land search in this deck one caracas one ley line of the void which you just love to see it one meek stone two plague engineer one pl- i'm sorry two pithy needle one plague engineer to go with the two in the main deck two surgical extraction one trinosphere Trinosphere. Three Veil of Summer. I love one Trinosphere. This is great. This is like a Nick wait, Fit wait, deck, but they forgot what, to what play Better there, there, there was two of something in the board to match the two in the main? No, there was. there's one Plague Engineer in the board to match the two in oh, the yeah, main. Oh, yeah, two in the main. Yeah, and yeah. then two Pithy yeah, Needle. One you're just like the, Meek Stone. My, my, and, my, my, second, my second place homie over here is just like, yeah, dude, Meek Stone. Questing Beast doesn't tap. Yeah, plus you can like get all your Noble Hierarchs out and... Uh, and your Corsair, oh, Corsair Crufix untaps under Meekstone. There's your answer. There it is. We found it. Also, it's all, this, is, this deck is really a Meekstone deck is what we're yeah. saying. This deck looks like it, Dude, it looks like it had a Karn board with the one Meekstone, one Trinosphere. And then they took the Karn. I want to know, like, how much was leveraged on the fact that Oko is just insane? And then Three Veil of Summer probably did an immense amount of work for him over the course of the day. But, like... How much Brewer's Advantage did he just have throughout the whole day? Well, the funny thing is this deck is just exactly the kind of list of cards I would have vomited out and probably did at, at some point and went 3-2 and two within a league just because Oko is insane. Like, I went, you know, I, I won games with, like, straight-up food deck, like, trying to, like, use the cat oven. Like, <laughs> um, Oko is really good. And one Dude. Leyline of the Void, one Caracas. The thing is, the funny thing is, too, you could have put a... You could have put a um, Elvish Reclaimer in here to search up your one Krakus, two Wasteland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that you could say you could do to this deck, for sure. Well, they lost <laughs> in the finals to Miracles, and this is the, the new standard for Miracles. It has 20 lands, uh, including two Mystic Sanctuary, Sanctuary, seven Snow-Covered Basics, one Tropical Island, one Tundra. Yeah, the, the, so there's the, the, the nuances of... The changes that are made in this deck, uh, I, I will let just just clear up some I, I ideas here for why certain cards are more powered than they otherwise would be because of 2019 mistakes. So obviously, Oko and Veil of Summer they don't really need mu- much explanation. Okay. Um, but the uh, the card that's going to have a lot of heat on its head going forward is going to be Arkham's Astrolabe. Uh, that's not really a secret either anymore. But the card that Arkham's Astrolabe really enables in a way that it like almost turbos it 
is Mystic Sanctuary. So because Arkham's Astrolabe makes it so that you can just continuously play islands but still have all of your colors in your three-color deck, and then also just be able to play your Mystic Sanctuary untapped and recur a spell on your turn four, uh, means that your Mystic Sanctuaries are going to be way better than they otherwise would be if you didn't have the free mana fixing. So that's like a subtle interaction that may not get as much press looking at the list. Yeah. But it, it is a huge <laughs> factor in why he can play two Mystic Sanctuaries and have them always be great. I thought you were going to say Teferi because it bounces the Archive's Astrolabe and then you get a... No, that's, that's just like a known, decent play that, you know, like can recur some advantage having a permanent. But well, uh, like Mystic Sanctuary being an absolute nutter butter in your, you know, Miracles list and having it be consistently available to you on turn four without conceding any color uh, consideration between your two Ice Fangs, your two Veils, and your three Okos in the main, plus your Swords and your Teferi. Don't you just want to see like, an Ice Fang and a turn draw Terminus? <laughs> oh, is that what? Yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, if that's the play, then that's just like, yeah, cycle into Terminus, so good. Yeah. So what's with the two Veilous? So we get two Veilous Summer, two Ice Fang Coatl. I'm going to click this here. Um, two Ice Fang Coatl. Those are, those are like flex slots, right? Uh, I think, well, because he's playing uh, two force and negation, so he's playing six forces main, uh, he's also got to be aware that uh, people are playing more forces, right? Yeah. You're, they're just like, you're not just on four force of wills anymore. People are on five to six force of wills. Well, I'm just, I'm just asking, Vail what is, was that before? Would that have been like accumulated knowledge? The two veils? Veils and ice fangs. It's like, you, they didn't play baleful strix and miracles. No, no, like, the, the two Veils and the two Quaddles are either your, uh, yeah, they're either your accumulated knowledge slot or, like, your flex, like, spell pierce, spell snare slot. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're just, like, early game interaction to try and make sure you have time to hit your land drops. Mystic Sanctuary, that is a real pain. Ve veil of Summer is the type of card, though, where if it resolves in a any reasonable spot, the game probably ended. <laughs> Yeah. Because the, the, the card advantage swing is so steep in the things that it's going to matter over. And the fact that Veil of Summer also blanks um, Abrupt Decay. It does. Well, yeah, let, let's should we, like, let's should like, we uh, let's, is there anything to say about this? We've got a one Celestial Purge. We've got three Red Blasts on the sideboard here. So there's, there's no, there's a Volcanic Island on the sideboard. But again, this is just playing off Astrolabe. So you've got basically a four-color control deck. You are a two-color control deck that is splashing red-green. Right. Well, yeah, but you know the, what I mean. Like, it's, it's like checkpile like that, right? Just a double, the, yeah, it's a double the, splash. The same way that this deck was splashing for um, Ren, it's, it's <laughs> doing that now, except it's doing it for Ice Fang, Veil, and Oko. Yeah, there you go. And then, like, the Red Blast on the board. Red Blast on the board. So, it's interesting. That's I, wonder how that's, I wonder how the sideboard, what the sideboard map is for this. What do you bring in... You've got two veils main. What do you bring in your three red blasts, and what's, what are you cutting? I would be bringing in the three red blasts against like anything that looks anything resembling the mirror. But what do you cut? Just sword splashers and terminus. Uh, you're probably in in the mirror. You're probably cutting sword splashers in the mirror. You're also probably cutting your quadles. Yeah, you don't want. There's no quadle. You need you need to attack your guy. Value. You can you can likely cut some number of. 
uh, terminus. I wouldn't cut all of them because you do want to have a, uh, some number of outs to entreat in your main. Entreat and mentor. But with, which... with, with Mystic Sanctuary, you're not going to need all three. You can maybe cut down to one. Yeah, interesting. Well, the, what, what, what resembles the mirror? Is it just this or is like this weirdo, you know, dirtily mid-range deck in second place kind of the mirror? But I don't know if you bring in Red Blast. No, I, I, I mean, unless you specifically care enough about Oko in that matchup, like it's one of those things where uh, Vote in the top eight definitely was looking at his list and then having to map a plan on the fly when he saw it. Yeah. You know, it's not like he had a plan for this type of deck. But I would probably bring them in uh, just as enough outs to deal with the Leovolds and the Okos, because those are going to be things that you care about because they'll beat you by themselves. All right. So you need to have enough reasonable outs against those things. But like the the Bug Midrange deck is also going to be way softer to Terminus than most decks in this top eight. Oh, it's the worst. Yep, yep. You're just playing right into the board. I want to show you a deck that we might get a chance to interview the... the um... Yeah, for sure. This is uh, my friend Rob. I don't know if you ever met him when he lived in New York, but my friend, yeah, dude. My friend Rob. He, he, he was the talk of the town with his three draws in this opposition deck. three list. draws in the opposition deck. So we won't, we won't go too much into it in case he wants to come on when he lives in Europe now. But, yeah, so, yes, he, he, was, he texted me on, jeez, uh, it's whatever, Friday, right? Maybe Thursday? And he's like, hey, I, I, I got to – will you um, – I, will you talk to me about my, my deck choice? I got elves and I've got opposition. What do you think? And I said, well, opposition sounds sweet, but you should probably play elves, you know. Because I didn't want to be the one responsible for him playing opposition and, like, going 0-3. And then he's like, nah. I was hoping you... It was almost like he was hoping I would say, you know, play opposition. Because I... Was, you well, know. you know you know the, the, the classic tale of when you uh, are confused about, like, what thing to do and then you offer up the options to somebody else and they tell you something and then you're immediately like, nah, I want the other thing. That's what you really wanted the whole time. You just needed some clarity. Um, And so he played it in a few grinders. He was having trouble with the Miracles matchup and then he said that he put the Winter Orbs in the main um, and that that was the thing that pushed it over the top. But, yeah, I thought it was awesome that he did so well and I really hope we can get him on. But, yeah, shout out to uh, Rob Kulari. Uh, who um, went twelve one? It was eleven one and three. Eleven one and three, right? That's fifteen rounds with bug opposition with four guys cradles and two Garuk wild speakers. I mean, it's so great, <laughs> um, dude. I, I, I you want to know what you love to see in this deck? The 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 one of crater hoof. One of crater hoof. Well, actually, you need to win the game. That is the problem. No, I get you need to win the game. I'm saying that, like, I like of all of the things that he was like, you know how I'm going to win the game, though? Crater Hoof. Yeah, I mean, if, if you, you basically, if you, if you play your cards right, literally and figuratively, you have a, there's a board that's completely locked down, right? But, and everyone's untapping one land a turn, except you're untapping a Gaia's Cradle. So all you need to do is go Cradle, Legend Rule, Cradle, Green Sun Zenith, and then... Oh, yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm, I'm all for... The one land that you untap under a winter orb is a green sun zenith, and then you just create yeah. it. Um, anyway, he sent me the list, and I streamed it, and I went 0-3. This is actually before um, – it was while, the, while he was playing in the Grand Prix. So, like, it was like – I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll give this a shot today. I got nothing to do. I streamed it and went 3 but it was fun. <laughs> it was just uh, – the, the engine is sweet. Like, you just draw so many cards off all the, like uh, – Coiling oracles and visionaries and bounces and untaps and stuff, you know. So 
Yeah, op- opposition is is going to be tough against any deck bringing in Pyroblast, but... Now you got, uh, yeah, I was going to say, you got three veils somewhere. Well, what happened, too, is that we were... Oh, the thing we talked about with this, it was that... And I didn't... He had, he had four Force of Will in the deck. Right. And that was the thing. I was like, I don't really like Force of Will in this deck when I played it. Like, Force of Will, just like, I kept going down so many cards, and I wanted more cards in my hand, right? Yeah. And he cut him. He didn't play him. There's not, there's not a single Force of Will in the entire I mean, deck. It, it makes... That, that just from a... a Deck building construction standpoint makes a lot of sense because opposition is a volume deck. Yeah, you need a critical mass of stuff for opposition to be effective at all. Otherwise, it'll be blank. So, like putting yourself down resources when you're literally playing, you're conceding that you want to be playing cards like Coiling Oracle. So you are in the market to just be a high volume deck. Well, let's let's go from there and let's talk about Veil of Summer and Oko. Yeah, because that's the story right now, right? Uh, it would judging from uh, either Europeans just really love green cards or Oko and Vale are warping. I don't think Europeans love green cards that I know of, right? Maybe they do. Yeah, that that that, that was that was a pretty one sided uh, rhetoric right there. Um. Well, one of the okay, so I I, I got to this point. Where I thought Force of Will is bad. Force of Will is bad because everyone's got Veil of Summer, and everyone's like drawing a zillion cards and everything does like you, you like if you are unsuccessful in force of willing like the one thing that they're going to do you're just so far behind right but then we saw play the, there's so many people playing six draw? forces which which i guess is one way around that <laughs> just play more forces yeah i mean the the draw card clause on veil is just like so backbreaking that I mean, the 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 people the which call it the the analogy that people have been making is that it's one sided cryptic command because it counters your spell and draws a card. Uh, I don't think that's fair. You know what? It doesn't it doesn't counter everything. And like, well, we'll get to that in a second. I, my point being about was like I thought Force of Will had lost some value because of of Oko and Vale because Oko was such a dominant card you had to counter it, but it also like. Just, it was like, the, the bomb density was so high in decks playing it. Like, you, if you, like, went down two cards to force an Oko, they could just have a second Oko, you know, or something like that, right? Well, the, the, the bomb density is why, is one of the reasons why people have been ha- having to move up to more than four forces. Because you're, you're playing so many of those cards, right? Um, well, the, the, games, the games more or less become about just sticking one of those bombs, like it, it's it's way more battle cruiser with planeswalkers. Yeah, force of negation hitting planeswalkers is good. Well, it's also like if you've got eight cantrips, you might as well just play six forces, I guess, right? Eight to ten cantrips plus four delvers plus. I, it's it's I I I don't know if it's it's the cantrips really have any means of like oh yeah you you need to be able to find your your forces. It's that no 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 like, it's it's it's, because, it's it's food for them is what I'm saying. Oh, oh, yeah. Like being able to support the the blue count for those cards is rarely going to be an issue. Because I was thinking, there's a lot of bombs that aren't being played, and part well, of the, the bombs that you're playing are also blue. Yeah, so that's like, yeah, you, yeah. You, that's where I'm going. Like, yeah, your 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 blue count is going to be fine, uh, especially since like force of negation also as like the one or two of after your four forces, 
it being a three drop means that it actually is going to be hard casted way more often than force of will is. And it's going to be fine in those circumstances too. And because people have been cutting spell pierce to play force of negations because you need to interact for zero mana a lot of the time when you're playing your sorcery, like you're playing sorcery speed bombs that cost three and four mana. Yep. So you need to be able to interact for zero mana. You're not going to have the one mana up all the time, even though spell pierce is also very good against combating those types of uh, walkers. It's like, it's fine, but you're going to just get clipped by like veils and stuff. Okay, my, my, my big take about Veil that where, it, where I say I, I don't like that it's being targeted so much is that four years, four years, everyone said, we need to give other colors a way to interact on the stack, right? It's not, you know, like, it, you know, we, we give other colors a, a way to interact on the stack that's worth playing, right? We had Silence, you know, there was Autumn's Veil, which is Veil of Summer, but not as good. They've, they've, they've done stuff, right? And we finally get that card, and it just gets sucked up, and now it's used, being used to win counter wars. I think Veil of Summer, Dude, here's, as a defense here, here, card, is fine. One thing to, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm on your side. I'm, I'm totally fine with, like, other colors getting, you know, stack interaction. I, I think games that are played on the stack and, you know, hidden information are way more compelling than, like, slam my questing beast and, you know, yeah. oh, shucks, attack you. I mean, that's the, the questing beast is just a, an Eldrazi in disguise. Right. Um, but, like, yeah, you getting, like, green cards and, you know, getting stack interaction is great. I'm all for it. I, I think giving it something that's, like, it being draw a card is the egregious part of that card. If they gave it, if it was, like, you know, counter a spell, make a 2-2. <laughs> that's interesting. Or, like, or like, get some other, like, uh quality thing in green that like draw, draw a card just makes it so the it's ubiquitous right like the the blue decks are interested in that and for what it's worth like because the the blue soup cards are, are forever going to be so good like that's just a, a, a the reality that we live in is that bra- ponder brainstorm force will are always going to be the backbone of the majority of uh decks in the format any card they print that is like format warping is going to be consumed by the blue cards. Ren was a red green card that decks were just splashing red green for. Like fetch lands enable perfect mana bases, so any deck can splash whatever they want whenever they want. So any card they ever print that's not blue is just going to be absorbed into blue if it is good enough for the those decks to enable off of their blue soup cards. That's that's that, where that's, I think, that's, a fact that's where of life. I think we have to we have to start looking at. The, the, the sort of holistic view here, right? Because we've got we've now got a situation where every time, every time we get to a position where there's the, the the soup the blue soup is too deep, for lack of a better term, right? Oh, they're playing check pile. Oh, they're playing red and six in all these decks. Oh, they're astrolabes in all these decks. It's always like. What, why do we need? I, I, I'm just looking at like why do we need Oko? We need Oko. Oko's miserable. Oko's terrible. It's terrible gameplay. And I and I, I, again, you got you saw it and I didn't, and I, I respect you for that. It's just such. It's just so bad. It makes every creature and artifact terrible. You know, 
It just makes every creature like, you can't play like a winter orb. You can't play. I mean, like, even though Rob did, but like you know, winter orb is like the card. The card I was thinking of for this before he went eleven, one, and three. Um, but like winter orb, or you know, uh, like graft digger's cage, or pithy needle, or anything you want to play, just like an incidental artifact is just erased by this card. And then any creature you want to play is erased by this card. And it's just it's so bad. We don't need Oko, you know. And Oko is pulling is is pulling green into the blue shells and it's also in, it's also creating that the erupt decay arms race right and that's just incentivizing veil summer more my, my question for about veil summer is if it's so if it's that good why don't decks play red and white you know the card does nothing against like literal nothing against red and white you get what i'm saying I get what you're saying. You have to come up with cards in red and white that are worth playing. But, like, there probably are, but Oko just soaks up so much of it right now, you know? Like... Well, Oko also, like, the cards that are in red and white, yeah, yeah, you just said it. It's going to... Oko is going to cut those axes. Well, it's not... Yeah, I mean, like, Dreadhorde Arcanist, right? Dread... And and, and it's a thing, like, you you, you hit... Say, okay, we hit Oko. Then you got Dreadhorde Arcanist sitting there, waiting to just be, like, abused by the blue shell and then we're gonna lose Dreadhorde Arcanist like at some point there's gotta there's gotta be a look not not necessarily a brainstorm Brian Hockey loves talking about getting rid of Ponder and you know there's a possible there I still think Delver is just like like why why it's only a year older than Deathrite Shaman it's not like it's been around forever we gotta have Delver we gotta have Delver and Oko and True Name and all these cards like we can't just like get rid of them and see if some of these cards open up new avenues of yeah. interaction you are certainly not wrong in that, like, all of those cards are definitely, like, in the wrong part of the color pie. Delver's like, way uh, more of an egregious color pie break than, than Bale of Summer. If, Bale of if, Summer if, isn't if, a color if, pie if break. If Delver's Secrets can exist in blue, Veil of, then green can get Veil of Summer. I, I don't think that Veil of Summer is a color pie break. It's, I don't think it I is think either. I think it's just, it's, it's, it's very pushed, and it... it kind of reminds me of i mean i know like in their minds i don't know if they they were they, they were trying to make a, a veil of autumn that was actually playable because you know in the article that in their <laughs> band announcements when they've removed veil of summer from the other formats they were like oh we tried to make veil of autumn actually playable and we went too far because draw a card is overwhelmingly powerful for a mana that's going to also trade with a card so it being a divination at least for one mana and stole your mana for the turn that's like similar and reminiscent of like the same argument that mental misstep had when it got banned it was like oh this card is not only good because it is a free counter spell but it's because it stole the mana for free it's the same way where like this card replacing itself is such a swing that and it's stealing your mana that it, it the, the it's that's what's pushing it over the top right but it's also but, being pushed over the top by the fact because no one can get their own way and play red and white cards like it does yeah, I mean, literal it, it, nothing it, against red and white cards. It does nothing against the story. It doesn't even do everything against every blue card. It doesn't do anything against a show and tell. It doesn't do anything against a true name nemesis. It doesn't do anything no, against the, an entomb. It the, the the difference there though is the the reason why I was like, oh the, the draw card clause is so much more egregious of an oversight than they thought is that they attach the draw card clause to if they cast a blue or black spell. So in a pinch, you can just cantrip it. Like, you can just cycle it at instant speed if you need to. Yeah, so what? 
<laughs> it's got cycling. No, I'm, it's I'm the just, color holder with cycling. The, the, the cost of playing the card, like, the downside of playing the card, you're saying play red and white cards. I'm saying that there's not a, there isn't a Boros deck that exists that's competitive. I, I agree with you on, on that much. I understand what you're saying. So, I'm, what I'm saying you, is, like, are, right, but, like, that's the, that's the thing. Like, at some point, you, if you, this is what happens when you have an unbalanced metagame from a color perspective where just nothing is represented except for... Well, I, I sound like I'm arguing with you, and I don't mean to be arguing with you. I'm more arguing with, like, just pent-up no, 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 irritation no, I'm, I'm with, with people saying this card is Cryptic Command. Like, this card is not Cryptic Command. Cryptic Command counters show-and-tell. You know? Cryptic Command does not counter show-and-tell at four mana, bro. Come on. Well, it doesn't, but it, it theoretically I'm, 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 does. It, Cryptic Command It's reminiscent of the most common parts of Cryptic Command. I, I have no problem with Veil of Summer being around. I'm saying it's, it's an egregiously, like, misdeveloped card. But like legacy is full of egregiously right, misdeveloped right. cards. Right, exactly. Totally that's that's where it. that's where that's where we that's the point, right? You're not you're not telling me this card. Is, no, no. You, you're not telling me this card is too powerful. You're not taking this one now. You're not taking this one. You took top. You took death. No, right. You took red and six. I'm, just take I, something I have, else. And instead of we just sit around no and wait for the we just sit around and wait for the best Delver deck every time there's a banning. And you and I, dude, are are on the same page that Veil does not need to show up on a legacy ban list ever. It's going to. It's going to get whacked. I'm not there. It's going to get whacked because they the whacked it of, in, in like, every other format. It's going to happen. I'm on the side of, <laughs> that Veil is an egregious development mistake and they need to stop making development mistakes. But, like, that's where development mistakes are all legacy is. So I'm, I'm fine with it existing. I, I, I think that the actual... I mean, once again, as always, the problem with the, the, the format and why it always devolves into, like, what's the most format warping mythic we can play and we just get to free roll splash it is because Fetchlands make it so that you can play whatever you want and never get punished. I think that's the reason why, like, the actual card that's going to be on the, the like, the, the, the ban list, uh, like, the hit list going, uh, the chopping block coming up is going to be Astrolabe. Because... You're playing all of these four-color, like the four-color soup decks or the three-color whatever uh, soup decks. They're getting to do that without being susceptible to mana denial or mana disruption because of Astrolabe. Yeah, I mean, anyone, a lot of people predicted that, and I think that it's weird because we kind of like sort of just lean into a band discussion without, without introducing it. And it's kind of like, not because, you know, we're necessarily band hungry, but I think everyone, it's one of those, it's one of those situations like everyone knew this was going to happen. Like everyone knew this was going to happen. That this was going to be yeah, I, like I, you could have you could have you could have guessed this top eight uh, the second red and six was banned like it's bizarre. Yeah, I think that <laughs> the the one issue is like you could argue that the fact that Oka was showing up in all these different kinds of decks is an argument to 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 put him on the chopping block. I don't think he needs to be like. Is the card unfun? Yes. Does it have any means of interaction that you can really play against it proper profitably? I mean. Not really. It's always going to generate a permanent for the most part. And it's like, but you have Decay, you have Pyroblast. It's a three-mana spell that can get caught by all the counter magic. Like, there's a, 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 enough ways. Like, I don't think Oko's going anywhere. I think it's just going to be part of our lives for the foreseeable future. But I think Astrolabe can go. And I think it's for, for the same argument that you banned Deathrite, where you were like, hey, and Red and six. this turns, and Red and it six. turns all of these decks into homogenized, you know, play whatever colors you want. And you know, not like I, I get that. Like we're always going to have that to an extent because fetch lands, but at least fetch lands have the 
the downside of you can play your four-color deck, but you're going to be susceptible to Blood Moon and Wasteland. And Astrolabe just fixes that inherent flaw in that game plan. And I think you can remove it and have the, the format be healthier for it. I, I yeah, there's a question. That, I mean, the that, question that, is that if we should be take. having. I, yeah. I think like a, we should have. A lot of people have that take as well. I, I like if it doesn't go, I, I won't be. I'm not going to be one of the people that is you know trying to send pizza to to Watsi to get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, comes naturally with pizza. I, I I think that like of the cards that need to go, like obviously the ones that are uninteractive, unfun, and lead to just poor gameplay and are just unfun game pieces. You know the TNNs, the Grizzlebands, yeah. the Chalices, like, yeah, they're always going to be in the conversation. They're never going to go anywhere. But, like, the same reasons that they banned all of those other cards for uh, homogenization of the, the the format, I think Astrolabe falls right into that category as well. I think it'll be interesting to see. I, well, the thing is, like, I, there's a little bit of, like, is it fun? Is it still, is it fun yet, right? And I think, like, is what fun? I think there was, like, it was a little bit more fun as soon as Red and Six left. Um. Oh, but I think, I think the format is up. is at a <laughs> the format's definitely at a like net positive with Ren being gone, but they just the 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 the, the legacy just looked at like what were the other mistakes from 2019 that we can use to warp the format instead. Yeah, a, and they looked at Oko and Modern Horizon. Yeah, a lot of people um have you know said in that it was great. Things were great up until War of the Spark was released. And it's too bad that War of the Spark was released, and then Modern Horizons, and then I guess M twenty because it's got Veil of Summer in it, um, and then uh, Throne of Eldraine with uh, Oko. The thing is, there, you, that 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 format that we had where Deathrite Shaman had been banned and things had sort of crept into the format, like our, like things like Arclight Phoenix and things like that. Um, that's never coming back at this point. Like. I think that that's why I've been in favor of just like this huge fumigation, just like take things out that we've been sitting through for like years and years and years and trying to balance, right? The fact that Delver's Secrets is going to still be legal next year is insane at this point. Like, come on. Like how many, how many times do we have to just like sit around and wait for the Delver deck to be broken? You know, it's just too much. And like, we may never get rid of Grizzlebrand and True Name. It seems like that's never going to happen, which is super unfortunate. And that's just going to make all those decks, like all those decks that want to get a permanent to play, is just about getting Grizzlebrand into play. And every time there's a creature format, True Name Nemesis is going to be out there. But uh, I just, it's it, like we need like a fumigation because like you can't possibly ban. I mean, you can, but they're not going to ban every card from the last four expansions that makes an impact in Legacy, even though everyone seems to hate all of them, <laughs> you know? Like, I, I, I think it's also... Like, all, all the, all the like, cards have been bad. Narset, like, let's, let's go. Dreadhorde, Narset, uh, Teferi, Karn. That's, that's War of the Spark, right? Then Ren and Six, which is already gone. Plague Engineer, uh, Arkham's Astrolabe, Force of Negation are all in Modern Horizons. And then you've got M20, which is Reclaimer, Veil of Summer. And then you've got Throne of Eldraine, which is Oko. And Brazen Borrower, which I don't think is egregious, but is still just like, yep, there's another thing to just throw on the pile. Bra- Brazen Borrower is just like a, a generically powerful mythic. I don't, but like, it's, it, I, I wouldn't put it in the category of like, the insane problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just meant like irrit- it is kind of irritating to play against, but yeah, that's that's true. I should. Yeah, Bra- Brazen Borrower is like the type of card that breaks into Legacy where it would be like, oh hell yeah, a new card broke into Legacy. <laughs> this is great. 
it's just been like you never hear that because literally every set that has come out in the last year and a half has fundamentally altered the landscape of legacy. Brazen Borrower could have been the best card to come out for Legacy in several in like several of the past few years. Especially <laughs> when Dark Depths was one of the top decks. Yeah. Like what was the what came out last year, like, or in uh, 2018, I should say, like, Brazen Borrower probably would have been the best card that year, right? I'm just thinking real fast. Uh, it was Ixalan, Rivals of Ixalan, Dominaria. Was that 2018? And then the, the, uh, the first Ravnica set. The first Ravnica set. 2018 was the, 2018 was the rise and fall of Arclight Phoenix, bro. That was the last, the, in the last expansion of the year, Arclight Phoenix came out. So I'm just saying that. So like you got Ixal, like you got Ixalan, Dominaria. Was there a core set? Was there an, was there an M19 right? And then there was probably a commander set. And then there was the the, the Guilds of Ravnica. And I think Brazen Borrower, if it was in, if it was it come out in 2018, would have been the best card that came out that year. You know, I mean, the best card that came out in 2018 might have been Searcher as Kanta or Arclight Phoenix, right? And like those cards are just nowhere. Just immediately, just completely crushed, unbelievably, in, in some ways, you know. Search for Scanta was pretty irritating, but, you know, still, I'd, I'd, I'd take it. Would you take it right now, the Search for Escanta, Arclight Phoenix as the top level? Yeah, I mean, those decks are off. I mean, uh, like, yes, like 2019, I forget who posted it, but somebody was like, the top of the top eight decks, like the number, if you took all of the top eight decks and like put them into a pie chart, the number of cards played from 2019 alone would be a third of all those cards. Yeah, you could pick, it was, um, oh, someone began with an A, I forget who. But yeah, like you have cards from 26 years of magic and like you're almost all yeah, from this year. You, you, and I, you and I saw the same post. Yeah. I forget who posted it though. Sorry if you listened to this and you posted it. I don't think it, it was, like, I think it was like a pro. pro. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. They, they probably don't listen to us. Um, but yeah, I, I, I know. It's just like, ugh. It's just, it's just, um, it, 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 the thing it's is like, like the, the power level is so high that I think there are just a, tons of cards that came out this year that are interesting that haven't been able to even been explored because they were just obliterated by their own set. I still think well, like oh. that, that Chandra from M20 was interesting Ashiok, like, as, um, oh, here's an interesting thing that I noticed when I was playing Pioneer. Did you know that there are a bunch of War of the Spark Planeswalkers where their static ability affects the controller? Yeah. Yeah. That aren't. You'd never know that playing Legacy all the time, though, right? Like, it's just so bad when you, like, everything just affects your opponent and your opponent alone, and you don't realize until, like, you play with like a card that's like the similar design space, but it affects you. In this case, it was like a Kiora that draws a card when you play a creature or something. Like, yeah. oh man, like those cards, that's so bad to do that. To just like, here's a thing and it only affects the other guy. Like it's so bad or girl, you know, other person. Yeah, uh, essentially like if the, 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 one, the two common design flaws that they just jumped headfirst into in all of their... 2019 design and development is one of two things. Either they fall in the once upon a time or the astrolabe camp where they just make your deck like 
vastly more consistent than it otherwise would have been and somehow fundamentally offsets a, a foundational mechanic of the game, whether it be you constructing a mana base that can support the colors that you want to play or straight up being a free spell. Yeah. That also, like, ups your consistency for, your, for the early game. So that's one camp. The other camp is they printed a bunch of redundant prison pieces. Yeah. Ren is a redundant, boring card. Oko is a redundant, boring card. Narset and Teferi are prison pieces. Karn is a prison piece. Like, they're all cards that say you either don't get to play with your, with your toys or I'm going to have the exact same recurring play pattern every turn of the game for the rest of the game. Well, it's interesting you say that, too, because it, it's definitely the, the, the exact, sort of the exact thing I was thinking because, like, the reason I was thinking was that they just banned Field of Dead and Pioneer, right? Yep. And I was playing Pioneer, and I was enjoying it for the most part, Except that the Field of the Dead decks were insane and so hard to beat, you know? You just had, they just had so much inevitability, right? Yep. And I was like, this deck, this format just needs Wasteland. It'd be just fine with Wasteland, right? I started to think it would be fine with Stone Rain. You know, just something to, like, pressure playing, like, that many lands. And they took that, yeah, they took had, that out of the game because up, they but... thought destroying lands was unfun. And they gave you Oko. <laughs> Which... Which just is so, it's so miserable to like, look, I'd seriously like look at cards like, oh, this card would be good against like this, this format. Oh, wait, no, because they'll just make it into an elk and move on. You know? Yeah. It's so... the, 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 the one area where. It got like, to the point where I was considering playing like flickering effects in decks because I was like, ooh, flickering effects turns off elks. Yeah, that's a creative way to yeah, get it. Yeah, right? Yeah, um, I ha- I had a, I played uh, I had a GTA on the table, and my opponent turned it into an elk and then terminist. <laughs> yep, that sucks. So it was like you you dealt with the GTA already by elking it, and then you dealt with it again by terminating it. Anyway, I was like, yeah. Oh, I got my uh, submerged story that, like, from today. Um, oh yeah, is that I was playing Zoo. Well, I thought I was like, well, where's the red and white decks? I'll play Zoo. Because I don't care about Oko with Zoo. I got submerged and I got, and I played against Death Shadow and I got snuffed you, out. You, eh. Dude, you don't care about Oko and Zoo? You realize that Oko plus twos to gain three life, right? Yeah, but then you just kill him. Like, <laughs> I just put a bunch of chain lightnings in my deck. Like, my, my, I put, like, it was like a more burn focused Zoo deck. I was thinking, like, ah, you, what are you going to do? Elk my wild Nakatl? Thanks. <laughs> um,. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Theoretically, it's it's like not great, but it's like they still have to like um, you know untap and then spend mana. And you like, zoo usually are getting in for a lot more. Anyway, I ended up losing a, to a bunch of Delver decks because uh, I beat that weird Dredge deck, then I lost to it, and then I played against um, Bug Delver and Death Shadow, and I got submerged in both games. And then Death Shadow added insult to injury with the snuff out, and I was like, "Yep, we don't need. Uh, I've had enough of this. <laughs> I've had enough of this Delver you thing." Know- like, I've had enough of just, like, I'll put a thing on the... T- you put a thing on the table, I'll put a thing on the table, and you for free just get rid of it. Ugh, sucks. And those cards are yeah, all bordered, man. Like, it's just, you know... <laughs> Ugh, the worst. The, um... You, you bringing up Pioneer made me... Uh, r- reminded me of the idea that I thought of, like, early when Pioneer started. And I was like, huh, why don't they just do that for all of Magic? And it was when they 
introduced Pioneer, and they're like, hey, guys, we're introducing this Pioneer format, and we are going to uh, curate a ban list based on data that we see. So have at it, try and break it, and when we notice it's broken, we're going to fix it. And don't invest in cards if you think that it's on the chopping block because you'll get punished if we decide to ban it, and we're going to give you that heads up. And I feel like that kind of strategy when curating a ban list is just so much better than never actually understanding or seeing the data at all, right? Like the preemptive bans that they did for Modern that they never saw, and then as they unban things, like Stoneforge Mystic, like the Thopter Sword combo, like those cards ended up being totally fine yeah. and, and, and weren't an issue at all, and who knows if they ever would have been in all that time that they were on the ban and list. And what went on the ban list that could have stayed off if those cards had been legal from the fart? from the start yeah and and i i i wonder like i I mean they'll never they would never do this especially since they also just removed you know the majority of legacy support but like why not do that type of like i get that you have to like make way more ban announcements and you know everybody's always going to be a little bit on on tilt but like it's working excessively well with pioneer just curate that for the rest of the form be like hey guys we're gonna ban and unban way more aggressively as we see data and we're seeing data that Hey, right now, if you combined all of the Delver lists, they're 20% of the field. We're going to ban one of the critical parts of that deck and see what happens. And if it stays as a good percentage of the field, then that ban wasn't that bad at all. And if it doesn't, then maybe we can unban it. And we can test it out and then actually see the data to represent the decision one way or another. And what's the worst that happens? You don't play with a fucking days for three months? Like, it's fine. I'm against banning any old bordered card at this point in Legacy. But, yes, I actually think it would be really cool to, like, unban everything down to, what, the vintage restricted list. Though that does include Ponder, Monastery Mentor, Brainstorm, and Lodestone Golem, and Chalice of the Void, uh, and Trinosphere. But, uh... But yeah, like unban everything and then just like see what happens. You know, I don't know. Like some things are clearly too strong for legacy, but you know, some things aren't. And you know, I don't know. It would be interesting to see. I, I, I it would be interesting to see a, a format with like um, Deathrite Shaman and Arclade Phoenix and uh, like I don't know. Gataxian probe, like it would just be interesting to see, like if it, because like there's there's an argument to be made that like the, the way they do legacy now is that the power level is always high, and then like they knock down the highest thing, but like it's the power level so high that there's something that's gonna tilt it, you know? There's kind of just always there's something. There's always gonna be something. There's always gonna be something at the top, but ideally, the things that are at the top are differentiated by the foundation of the game, which is the color pie. Yeah. But fetch lands inherently alter that, and if we're just going to accept that fetch lands are where we want to live, then you, you got to do something else. Either you got to curate the cards that are then further abused by that, or you got to, like, not just print a, an alternative version of a card that you banned two years ago. Like, don't give us a one-mana cantrip that fixes our mana because you just a couple of years ago banned the one two that fixed our mana yeah I think as, like the funny thing about Astrolabe at least Astrolabe won't ever go in Delver <laughs> I'm saying this now at least Astrolabe won't ever go in Delver decks I wonder if that's gonna that's the thing that I kind of wonder about like it, can an Astrolabe deck become dominant the Bant Miracles deck is really good it's very strong very hard to play around and um, you know look how far we've come from countertop Miracles you know 
yeah. The, the 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 speaking of like the 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 first place list, Watsy, fucking guys, stop printing cards that work with Fetchlands like Mystic Sanctuary. <laughs> Like, the cards that you're like, oh, yeah, let's give these the basic land subtype so you can fetch them. Stop making fetch lands better. Stop it. You don't need to. They're the best things in the game. Stop making them even more abusive. It's really interesting that they did that. What was the point of making Mystic Sanctuary an island? So other Myst- so it would well, work with other it's, Mystic it's, Sanctuaries? It's part of the cycle. It's part of the cycle. No, no, I mean, but, like, why were any of these? Why was the Gingerbread House a forest? Like, did we really need that? Like it had to be a f- oh, but but there, there's there's two two reasons. Either they were like, oh, this will be cool if you can fetch it, <laughs> or they were like, well, if you if you want to play multiples in your standard deck, at least they'll count for future ver- for future copies of itself. They could have made it. That's it. It's th- those 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 two clauses are the only clauses. <laughs> That's it. Either, I know. Either it's you so were thinking bad. to yourself, hmm. Our standard players may want to play four gingerbread house. How can we make not drawing two feel horrible? Or, <laughs> hey, why don't we print something that Fetchlands will just fucking be egregious with? Yeah. Yep. Well. I mean, I, I honestly didn't. Uh, we, uh, we, everybody listening, we weren't trying to make this episode be one where we we're just c- talking constant nonsense about how we hate certain things. But, like, these, these design mistakes, guys, like... They're just so, like, avoidable. Don't, like, this would be sweet with Fetchlands. Oh, you don't say, like, every other thing that's ever been banned or printed and been too powerful. Yeah, this will be great if you cast a bunch of spells. <laughs> yeah, well, good thing, not, not good thing that's never been a problem. Hey, you want, wh- wh- why don't we make this free? Free's never been an Yeah, issue. free's never been busted. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know, man. man. <laughs> that's, what that's what we're down to. I, I like this Eldrazi deck. I kind of want to play this Eldrazi deck now. Dude, I mean, honestly, like, I, 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 I am excited to, like, play in a format that has a, like, I'm still, like, feeling fresh from the Ren ban. Like, I like that the, the, the new boogeyman on the block to try and attack is available before every way to attack it is just invalidated because the boogeyman's too good and then the boogeyman has to go again the same way that it happened in the previous ban cycles. Yeah. But, like, I'm still feeling fresh on, on the boogeyman at the moment. We're, we're going to get to the point where that, you know, nothing can solve it and then that, something has to happen. Yeah. But well, I'm, I'm still in the honeymoon stage of this, of this cycle. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm sort of the same way. I've been goofing around, but every time I play a deck and it sucks, I, uh, I get a little farther away from it. The one deck I liked was the was the natural order food deck, DoorDash. The natural order food deck. The opposition deck is sweet. I, I will say though, and we can use this as a, a future reference point for going forward. That if you're ever being, if you're ever like giddy or excited about something happening in the format, and that thing that you're excited about is, oh man, this deck plays Questing Beast. There's an issue. Everyone loves that questing not beast. Be, you know that was like my the, best. The, 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 the egregious development and <laughs> problematic design of a card like Questing Beast should not be the type of thing we're excited is breaking through. I think that like the the mythic power creep is not the thing we should be excited it does, it's about. It's not that powerful though, Phil. It's, that's the that's what makes it so charming. No, no, no. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm using it as the generic example here because nobody's going. Oh, Oko showing up. This is fucking sweet. Everybody's going everybody because Oko sucks. Goes, the oh, playing hands. So awesome. That's why. Like, no, this is the same power creep mythic problem 
as the other cards that are now ubiquitous, but this one is like the fun of, and therefore we get excited, but you can't be excited about the one thing and then upset about the other things when the inherent systemic problem is mythic power creep. Sure. The problem, I'm just telling you, Questing Feast is not that powerful. Like, it's like, it's, it's a bunch of abilities that don't, like, interact with each other at all. So it's like, you know, it's, it's power. It, any, it can, it can, in, all, in any situation, it's basically like a modal card. Maybe that's what makes it so powerful. In that it's like, it's sometimes it's good, zero, sometimes it's good that it's got haste and doesn't get blocked. Sometimes it's, it's good that it does damage to planeswalkers and has vigilance. Like, it's never, it they're not ever all at the same time. <laughs> literally has nothing modal about it because there is no way to play the card other than one way. The play pattern of the card is play it and attack every time, no matter what, because there is no decisions to be made. Yeah, but it, it has is. vigilance, so you always get to attack with it. It has haste, so you always get to attack with it. Death touch, so it always can attack. It attacks and hits planeswalkers, so you don't have to make the decision of attacking planeswalkers, which are already a problem in the format. You just always attack the player. It removes every decision you could the, ever possibly make. The, 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 the questing beast ability is probably the best way to handle planeswalkers. Now, we're going down the rabbit hole here. Please don't construe my Questing Beast comment as a specific target on Questing yeah. Beast. I'm using I, Questing I know Beast as the we, we got to go anyway because it's, it's getting late. But, yeah, this was fun. <laughs> this was a fun discussion. I really do think it's so funny how how bad this year was <laughs> design-wise. And it's just like every time you look at a, the top eight, you're just like, ugh, this was so bad. Why did they do this? Why did they do this to us? <laughs> Dude, one thing is for sure, though. They are learning really, really, really efficiently that power creep does make a lot of money in the short term because all of these players had to go out and get all of these new cards to be competitive. Yeah, in Legacy and in Modern and in... In literally and then they every created format. A, then they created a format <laughs> where you had to buy... You, I don't know if you've looked at the Vintage stats recently, but the number of Okos played at Eternal Weekend was also very high. Yeah, we talked to... Remember, we talked to Joe... Yeah, bro. He was he was so he, like, got, he was attacking every for, literal all of the formats that exist, except for Popper. No, Popper got really hosed cool. by uh, Arkham's Astrolabe. They had to ban it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean in terms of like the 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 the, the money made for Watson yeah. on doing that stuff. Yep. All right, man. Well, thanks everybody. Have a good week. <laughs> Night, everyone. Design year out of Wizards was 2019 with War of the Spark and Modern Horizons. Silly food tokens, Mystic Forge finally broke Mishra's workshop. The worst ever design year out of Wizards gave static abilities on Planeswalker cards. A one-sided null rod, a free 8-8 legend, and a ley line that got whacked. In a brand new format R&D sure believed in their hearts They were helping 
pushing the characters in their story arcs so they stopped after like five minutes of testing Oko and moved on to the fake playtest cards and even though Cyrus won a GP with Storm Red and Six somehow made Legacy worse and this was how cards got sent to the ban list while you could still buy them in packs when you punish your players for playing your game Don't expect them to thank you for give you The worst ever design year Out of Wizards Didn't even get the fixes right Ban True Name Ban True Name Tonight Brand 2 